Hey everyone, and welcome to the Realist Agents Podcast. I am your co-host Nick Shear, and I'm joined by Brody Bakken. And Brody, we had a good friend of yours stop in today. Yeah, super fun uh, afternoon listening to Tom Coplitz, who's the manager of the Rum River Bandits, uh, Cambridge's town ball baseball team. And he's got story after story about him playing baseball, managing uh, his his experience being inducted into the Minnesota Baseball Hall of Fame. And uh, he's just a super, super great advocate for town ball here in Minnesota. And um, just really fun afternoon of listening to all of his stories. Yeah, I didn't hit the record button soon enough because, of course, he had stories before we started. And I hit the re- stop button too soon because he had probably even more stories after we stopped recording. But really interesting guy. And I think everybody's going to enjoy hearing him talk about some baseball. A little structure, but not much. Nick does have some questions and structure to it, but just uh, run with whatever okay. whatever you want. So we're just we're just um, letting you talk about town baseball. Great. Yeah. 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 Which um, I'm sure you never do on your free time. Well, not enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not many guys interested anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's start with town ball and you were just kind of talking about when it started when did you kind of get started being involved in town ball your whole life well i i went to my first state tournament in 1963 i tagged along with my dad and grandfather who went to every state tournament for many many years it was in saint cloud at the old rocks stadium Hmm. and lo and behold the champion was bram really yes bram beat uh it was either Rogers or Nowthen in the championship game. Funny. And I lived in Brainerd then, so Braham didn't have the same connection that it does now for me. But uh, Braham was basically an all-star team from Rush City, Cambridge, and Braham. A hmm. couple of ex-pros, uh, power hitters, and they just they beat up on everybody. And that was their second state title. They won it hmm. in 57 also, so... Hmm. Uh, but that was my first state tournament. I loved going to it. My dad would drag me and my older brother Paul along, and uh, from that point on, I've been to almost every state tournament since 1963. It's impressive. Missed a couple when I lived in New York, and uh, but I love it. It's just a, it's it's kind of a homecoming reunion for me. I see a lot of sure. the same faces. You know, guys that I've played against or with or seen at tournaments, you know, for many, many years. So that's the joy of it. The games are good, but I, I think I would have just as much fun if there wasn't a game, you know. Sure. Sit there and, and chat with some of these guys that uh, we have a lot of shared experiences. But that was my start, and I always wanted to play, of course, and I went to high school in Bloomington. And uh, I got a call one uh, summer evening from a, a guy who managed the Savage Pacers, which was uh, a 10-minute drive from my house. And uh, he said, do you want to play for the Savage Pacers? I said, sure. Hmm. You know, nobody ever talked to me about it. Sure. So uh, I went down there, went to practice the first day, and um, saw a guy playing catch that I had played against uh, – in college um, at St. John's, and uh, we became really good friends for many years, but he ended up playing short. I played second for what was probably the second best team in the state of Minnesota for three, four years. Hmm. 
just unfortunately the best team was also in our league and we couldn't get out of our league playoffs hmm. prior lake and they won two consecutive state tournaments and then the state board shut them down and if you can imagine this they literally said you're done you can't play anymore really we know you're cheating and uh <laughs> you know they had six starters from the gophers and they had all their subs were either ex-gophers or college all-americans they were hmm. loaded uh-huh. but just out of the blue they said you know you got you're done we're not going to let you play anymore <laughs> wild yeah that's wild, wild. right but they had a shortstop from Bloomington who also went to Augsburg uh, that I didn't know. He was a five years older than me. Uh, he's easily the best town team player I've ever seen. Bobby Kelly was his name. And uh, I don't know what you have to do to make it at least to the minor leagues because he never got a shot. And uh, just incredible baseball players. But we would play Prior Lake on a Sunday. And the big weekend of the year in Savage was Dan Patch Day's. Uh, the great harness horse Dan Patch is from Savage. It, it was a big community festival, like most of the small towns. Now, Savage was a fairly small town back then, and mm, nothing sure. like it is now. And we would schedule Prior Lake and uh, a 2 o'clock game. At noon, the outfield fence was lined two or three deep from left field corner to the right field corner mm, with old savage fans waiting for noon so they could buy a beer <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. and they would uh, they would stand there and watch prior lake take batting practice and just razz the heck out of them <laughs> pouring down beer after beer and, and that was the you know that was the big weekend of the year you didn't want to miss the dan patch days game but i played there for four years while i was in college at augsburg and then uh after college, I moved to New York, got a job at a veterans hospital in New York for two years, and uh, then moved back to Cambridge. One of my college buddies was working at the state hospital. We had the same major, and he called me out there and said, we've got an opening, you want to interview, and I couldn't wait to get out of there. Um, hmm. So I did, and I got hired in 1976, and that same year, the Redbirds restarted. They had the Redbirds have been around here for since the early 1900s, but they folded in... Uh, no, the, the late 60s, I think it was. And this kid in town, 18-year-old kid, Jeff Anloff, uh, had an ad in the paper, you know, anybody interested in playing ball. And I'd, literally, I was one week into living here in Cambridge, mm -hmm. and I stopped by his uh, gas station. They owned all the Union 76 stations in the area. And he was a good baseball guy, but... Sorry, Jeff, but kind of a loose cannon. <laughs> you know, 18-year-olds running a team and, you know, trying to find the money and the players. It wasn't easy. Sure. So I pulled into his gas station, and I said, uh, you know, where can a guy play some baseball around here? And he looked at me, and he said, well, you could probably play for me if you cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a child of the 60s here in uh, college. I had hair almost down to my shoulders. I mean, nowadays, you wouldn't even notice it, you know. Yeah, right. So I'm thinking, wow, this guy's 18. He's telling me to get a haircut. And then he starts asking me, you know, have you played any ball? And I tell him about my high school and college careers. And he said, yeah, you could probably play for us. I started in 1976, and... Uh, Quit with the Isani Redbirds in uh, 1991. Wow. Managed them from, uh, was it 81 to 89. Hmm. Played and managed. And uh, we went to state tournament uh, three times. And we got pretty good after a couple of teachers moved into town and were really good ball players. 
one an old arch rival of mine, Dick Humphrey, who was a captain at St. John's when I was a captain at Augsburg, and uh, we became very good friends through baseball, and uh, we were competitors and almost enemies on the field, mm. you know, but all of a sudden we're on the same team, and, you know, we we got very good for a while. We were easily the best team in the league for four or five years in the mid-'80s, got to three state tournaments, and... That's back when it was b-ball. There was no Class C back then. Sure. So okay. We were playing a, you know, once you got to state, you were playing the big boys. Sure. I always say one of the joys of my career was managing and playing for the best uh, Redbird team of all time, which, of course, gets the ire up of some of the Isani Redbirds <laughs> who won state. But sure. It, guess what? You were playing Class C, and we're playing, you know, the big boys. Sure. And, uh, we what, got to the what final year was 16. that? That was, uh, well, we went to state the first time in 82, and then again in 85, and then again in 91, my last year uh, when we were in Isani. But it was fun. We played at Larson Field in, in 1976. You wouldn't recognize Larson Field. Hmm. Um, snow fence, little dugout, dugouts, snow scoreboard, awful field. Uh, you know, crazy. Once Humphrey got hired as the head baseball coach, and then I was the the Redbirds manager, I was his assistant in high school. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. And uh, he was pretty much my assistant and sounding board with the Redbirds. And uh, so we put up the blue fence. It's still up. Hmm. Uh, we put up a scoreboard, a hang-your-number scoreboard behind third base and uh, cut out the infield dirt, made it nice. It was just awful, you hmm. know. Hmm. And uh, got some ag lime in and really built up the field. And hmm. we had enough money to raise. We raised enough money through the Union 76 pull tabs to put lights on the field. School turned us down. We're saying, uh, we're giving you $60,000 to put lights on this baseball field. Yeah. And the neighbors raised a little bit of heck. And, uh, and the school got cold feet and said, no, you can't do it. And that's how they ended up in Isani. The next morning, we basically moved to Isani. Really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, we went to the Isani City Council meeting that happened to be the next day. And we said we'd like to uh, move down there. And Anloff, you know, owned the Union 76 in Isani and was a kind of a big wig in, in that community. Knew all the city council members. Sure. And uh, they all said, you got it. <laughs> you know, when can you sure. start? Sure. So we b built <clears throat> that field or... Um, and the city put lights up, and Isani paid paid them back over many years. But uh, and then, of course, a couple of years later, Cambridge School District puts lights up. On I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, how long <laughs> on their own expense? Uh -huh. Yeah, smart. <laughs> but uh, it's been quite a journey here in Cambridge. It's a tough town to be a baseball guy. You know, baseball is not very important in this town, hmm. and uh, that's why they struggle. They have struggled, and will continue to struggle. Uh, it just it just isn't important enough to improve. Hmm. It's sad because Cambridge has just as many good baseball players as anybody else. I would contend maybe more than many because hmm. of the size of the school right now and uh, yeah, and all the kids playing youth baseball. You get to high school and it's not the cool thing to do. You know, they hmm. go out for track or tennis or go work somewhere, and it's sad. It's tough. It's tough to fix it, but it's fixable. But it's going to take a lot of work and. Uh, so far, nobody's been willing to, yeah. in my opinion, do what it takes. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I think all schools and districts are seeing that right now. I mean, just, you know, uh, youth sports or enrollment in high school athletics has really declined in the last 
several years, you know, when I was teaching and coaching, we saw that too. Um, but I think you're right. I th- the, the amount of athletes are still there and it's just getting them to come out for the sport. And, yeah. Which is, you got to work at it. You, you, do, you have you to do. build some pride here and you've got to make it fun. And to me, that's the, one of the things that's lacking is this better be fun or why would you want to do it? You know, it's, baseball is a, an awful sport for young people in my opinion. Now, when I grew up, it was the only thing to do. Sure. You know, that's what you did in the summer, and then sure. that was it. But sure. there's so much more going on now. Yeah. You know, so much more. And baseball is, you know, you're under the watchful eyes of everybody in the park when you're striking out at the plate, mm-hmm. you know, or making an error. And not many kids are up for that, you mm-hmm. know. And quite frankly, I, I can't blame them, you know. It's, if you're losing every game and, and not having any fun, Boy, it's easy to find something better to do, unfortunately, right. but I think that's the reality of it. What type of things do you think would need to be done in the community that change that? And you said you think it's fixable. Well, the first the first thing is to you've, you've got to build some pride. Cambridge has won plenty of conference titles through the years. Mm-hmm. There's no mention of that anywhere at Larson Field. I, I recommended... 15 years ago let's paint a sign i said i'll even paint it you know all our all our conference titles you know state tournament team one year kids need to see that at one time this was a good good program you got to involve the business community which i don't think they do much of anymore you know we used to publish a program with advertising and pictures of every kid and little write-ups and just kids like that stuff kids want recognition and then in, in this community, as much or more than others, there's a wealth of baseball knowledge of guys that used to play, guys that used to coach every position, and uh, bring them in and help with the practice or preseason, bring them in and talk to the team in a classroom. For you know, sure. I'd love to talk to a team in, in a classroom in front of a chalkboard and say, you know, this, is, this can be a lot of fun. You, yeah. This is what you got to do. and. You got to support your teammates. You got to listen to your coach. And uh, the difference nowadays is, if kids don't like what they hear from a coach, they should they should ask him. You know, when I played, we didn't dare ask the coach if he said, you know, go run out to the left field fence and back, and we did it. Yeah. You know, but now you tell that to a kid. I mean, if he's not asking why, he should be yeah. because uh, what does that have to do with baseball? You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's so much that could be done, and then you've got to have some pride. You know, we used to do that coaches show on the radio. Every school now has got students who can do a broadcast. You know, get out to get out there and sure. interview kids and their parents, and and then of course the parents are oftentimes left behind. They get to pay the bills and get to be frustrated because their kids not playing enough. But any coach that can't answer the question that mom or dad asks is why isn't my kid playing more? If you can't answer that question as a coach, what are you doing? Mm. You know, there's plenty of good answers. Well, you know, the guy in front of him is a little bit better right now. These are the things he's got to work on. You know, if he keeps doing that, you know, we'll get him some playing time. And then, then get him some playing time, especially if you're losing right. 15 runs a game. You know, there's room to get other kids in the game, and kids just want to experience it, you know. Yeah. I don't think anybody from Cambridge baseball is expecting to win the state tournament. 
but they want a chance to get out onto the field and play in front of their fellow students and parents and community members. And, but it's just not happening. It's, mm. it's sad to say. How many people came out to watch you play back in the day, Brodo? Well, I was just thinking actually about I don't about know if our... I came to support you all that often. Yeah, true. Probably not enough. Probably not enough. Their crowds but have been good. You know, I, I live a block from the field, and you drive by on a game, and there's a lot of students there. It's just a matter of time where it's going to dwindle, Yeah. you know, because kids don't want to watch their teammates lose either, you know. Turpin Realty talked about hosting a youth night when when we were playing 10 years ago. Um more than that now, huh? A few wow. more years than that. Wow, that's kind of sick. Yeah, close to 15. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, 15 years ago, we used to have a, a youth night where all the little kids would wear their jerseys and, you know, there was people were grilling and doing all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So we went to uh, Mr. Broughton last year and, and asked if they still do something like that because Chirpin Realty would be really in, interested in helping facilitate that. And um, they, that, that, night that youth night isn't happening anymore but um you know it encouraged us to to figure it out and help kind of be a resource for them for next year so i think that we're gonna try to put that together and you know yeah just get as many kids running around the ballpark as as you can that's what it's all about well yeah and they're open to that at least broughton is as the athletic athletic director now is he wants to get businesses involved in things that weren't being reached out to or taken advantage of with yeah. what they have no, out there. No, I think he's on the right track. It, mm-hmm. it has to be done. It has, to, especially with school budgets, you have to find other ways to generate some revenue. And and there are other ways. I mean, this community's been generous with sports for forever. Yeah, you got to tap into that. No, baseball is interesting now that I'm 30 years old and love being competitive in things. If I played baseball, how great it would be. And Brody still plays on on a league to play as an adult as you get older you know you look for those types of things you got to play golf or pickleball but you know the people that played football or play basketball it's a little harder to find those leagues or to play competitively but baseball has that opportunity yeah baseball i mean that's the the gem of minnesota is town team baseball the uh number of teams playing and a lot of these smaller communities i mean they support their teams like it's the most important thing to do all summer yeah. You know, and that you see it at the state tournament. You know, the crowds for some of these teams are are gigantic. I, I remember a few years ago the tournament was in Jordan and Maple Lake was playing, and uh, they rented a coach bus for their fans, and the coach bus pulled up into into the uh, left field driveway at Jordan. They opened the door, and I swear, two hundred empty cans fell out of the <laughs> bus, and these fans came out screaming. You know. That's awesome, and uh, they're they're not alone. That that's one of the dilemmas I think that the Amateur Baseball Association is facing. I don't think they see it, but they they really benefit the teams south and west of the metro area, in part because they they have so many fans. But how are you ever going to build fan bases if if you let the Eastern Mini have two teams? You know, we're the largest geographic region in the state, 14 teams. Right. And uh, the one one league south and west of the metro has a 10-team league, and they get four teams in the state tournament. That's crazy. You know? Yeah. So how are you going to expand it if you don't, you know, welcome these other communities? And uh, 
And then their scheduling is suspect. I remember a couple of years ago they made Rozo play on a Friday night. Yeah. You know, the opening game on a Friday night. Yeah. What, have you stopped to think where Rozo is? Yeah, that's too bad. And you're, of all of the teams that are within 50 miles of there, which was most of them, you're going to make Rozo drive down on a Friday night after work. You know, and they were short players and had almost no fans. And there's, they don't think through this as much as they should. But sure. But uh, but it's a it's a shining star in this state. I don't know if you watched the the TV coverage on on uh, Bally's that specials each weekend where they did the highlights. Those were fantastic. Yeah. You know, and they could do more of that. See, and that's what the high school students could do. They got to have a student uh, class that you know produces videos and tapes games and stuff. I think th- that would go nuts. The kids love that stuff. Yeah. But guess what? They're not asking me for <laughs> not yet for my opinion. Yet. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I think I think you're on something because it's it's fun. Even I'm not a big baseball guy, but I live I live in Andover, and there's a baseball field right over there. How fun and easy it is just to bring my kids and go hang out for however many innings it could be. My wife grew up. Her dad played for the Redbirds, and she had a lot of good memories going to those games and just hanging out. And um, I don't think that would change if more people were, were doing that. Yeah. What's your wife's maiden name? Hiring. Troy Hiring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good pitcher. Yeah. He was, probably was all right. He doesn't show it anymore, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I started playing baseball. I was thinking about this this morning. I started playing baseball in 1959. I told my young bandits that this year, and they didn't believe me. Yeah. I mean, they literally did not believe me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but uh, I played for a team called Piggly Wiggly. You know, every team was sponsored by a local business. And when I got this green T-shirt with orange Piggly Wiggly on the front, I mean, it was one of the high points of my life. Huh. You felt so good. You know, you felt so important. I was six, and my brother Paul was seven. And my dad uh, told the community ed program that we were eight-year-old twins because sure. they didn't have a, a team less than eight years old. So we played in the eight- and nine-year-old league and got crushed. I was probably 40 pounds. <laughs> but uh, I'll never forget that, putting on that T-shirt and, and how cool that felt, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, I still got that feeling this year in the regions. I still got that same feeling putting on that yeah. bandit jersey for that last game and how nice that felt, you know. And you miss that stuff. You miss it a lot. I played high school. We played the Lake Conference, which is was by far the best sports conference in the state in the 60s. We were awful. Bloomington Lincoln. 2,700 students. 185 kids out for baseball. And we were awful. Hmm. Now, how is that even possible? But we've pulled it off. <laughs> but we had no pitching. They were playing in the Lake Conference. I pitched against six Division One pitchers my senior year, three of which made it to the major leagues, you know, and uh, that kind of shaped my career, you know, playing that tough competition, playing against these guys. Dick Siebert, the famous gopher coach, his son was an absolute stud left-handed pitcher, pitched for half a dozen years for the Houston Astros. Mm. Uh, he, I think he actually might have even pitched for the Colt 45s. Is that possible? I'm not sure, but the mm-hmm. original Houston team. But, uh, you know, we're facing guys like that all the time. You've got no choice but to get better, you know, or you're really going to get wiped out. And we got wiped out plenty. 
Then I went to Augsburg. I got a academic scholarship on my 2.45 GPA because I could hit the curveball, I think. Nice. And, uh, and uh, we finished last place my uh, freshman and sophomore year. And my junior year, all of a sudden we got good. We had the best pitcher in the conference who's a Hall of Famer from Dundas. Um, and lo and behold, we win the MIAC championship. We had to beat UMD, who was in the MIAC back then in baseball. The last day of the season, we had to sweep them, and we did. Hmm. We go to Winona State to play in what in the old NAIA before NCAA Division Three was developed. And the, the World Series in Arizona was called the Little World Series. Hmm. And for us small schools, it was, you know, the pinnacle. It was a big, big deal. Well, we go down to Winona to play two out of three in the regional winner goes to the little world series and uh they swept us they had three pitchers that were drafted in the pros one of them didn't even get in the game against us that's how good they, they were number two or three in the nation and uh you know they're given full rides in baseball because it's it's the what's now d2 sure and we're a little old augsburg you know that's hoping guys walk on and know how to play ball sure. But, the, you know, those kind of experiences are, are just priceless because, uh, you know, once you're done playing, you know, I, the last game I played was I was 60, so that was 11 years ago. I threw one pitch. Nice. Got a save nice. against Kwamba. <laughs> Comebacker that happened to hit my glove. It hit pretty hard <laughs> with the bases loaded. And, uh, but I'll tell you, playing is so much more fun than managing because huh. you can do something you know you can do something about sure. it sure it's, it's walking the pace in the dugout and hoping guys <laughs> are going to come through or yeah. it's no fun at all but but this year we had it's the most fun team i've ever managed by yeah. far not yeah. even close yeah every guy was great positive attitude having fun and i knew once we got the reasons we'd have a shot because uh, we were a veteran team Never had all our guys there during the regular season, which is common in town ball. And uh, we got on a roll. It was magical there for a while. It was a that was fun to watch. Really nice way to go out. Yeah, really nice. How many games did you end up playing? It was five or six. Yeah, but three on the last day, which still makes me mad. You know. Yeah. You got three weekends to play a tournament. Yeah, it was a. And we had this was a Saturday, so we had all day Sunday to play, and and it was hot. And we get to play three games on one day, to the last one to go to the state, you know. It's yeah. You only needed two pitchers, though, for three games, didn't you? Yeah, well, I started the same one the last two games. I love that. Games. I know, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I figured go as long as you can, and he just ran out of gas. But uh, it was a lot of fun. It was it was one of the more fun years that I've had ever. Hmm. And, uh, you know, we were 10 minutes away from folding yeah. in uh, February. And one of the guys, our center fielder, who I think is the best player in our league, uh, called and said, I'll be back. And then mm. I texted some other guys, well, Ryan's coming back. Okay, I'm in. You know, yeah, and sure, I'm in. And sure. All of a sudden, we're playing again. So you weren't even sure if you are going to have a team at the beginning no, of the we year? Were, if he would have said no, we would have folded. And he lived in Duluth, and he wanted to catch on with the Northwoods team in Duluth, but uh, they didn't have room for him. So mm. he called and said, oh, I'll be back. And uh, – all of a sudden, we got 12 guys, and then with my Andover connection, all of a sudden yeah. we got 18, and now we're up to 20. 
Yeah. Without Andover, we'd have folded probably five years ago. Sure. You know, Andover's just a, a baseball hotbed, in my opinion. And they're cutting guys that, you know, are outstanding ball players. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, just through word of mouth, they end up coming to, to our team because mm-hmm. they want to play. And uh, knew they could get playing time, and a lot of them are very good ball players. Could you send them to our team next year? Uh, they're probably not in your radius. <laughs> no, they're probably not. I would, but uh, <laughs> they're probably not. So um, you decided this is it. This was yeah, the last this year. This is it. Yeah. <clears throat> and well, in- I read the front page of the county news two weeks ago, and it says I'm retiring. So I better, I, I better follow too. through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I read that too. Yeah. So how long were you with the the bandits then? Well, I started them in '07. <laughs> okay. And I was with the Redbirds since 76 and the Savage Pacers since 71. So that's plenty. It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm going to admit the dugout is the greatest place to be, you know, when things are going well. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like it. The rest of it is just a headache, as you know. Yeah. Fundraising and recruiting yeah. and facilities with, the, with this district have been especially hard. Funding is a is a problem. Mm-hmm. You know the the good news is all these kids growing up are used to paying a fee. Yeah. You know I never paid a, any kind of a fee to play baseball anywhere. Mm-hmm. I paid five hundred bucks to go to Augsburg, and that's over four years. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> and these kids are you know these kids. Some of these teams have a three hundred dollar fee, and ours is oh, one hundred fifty, yeah. and they don't bat an eye. Yeah. And most of our guys are young enough that their parents are still paying their fees, so yeah, it yeah. didn't. Uh, it didn't bother them, but funny. without that, you you couldn't do it. You just couldn't do it. Yeah. So would you still be managing if you didn't have all those other things that went along with it? I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I really struggled with it. My wife is retiring in March. She's been down at the U of M for 45 years, which is hard wow. to imagine. I've got three grandkids now, and, uh, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. And then some of my older guys are probably hanging it up. Yeah. And that hurts, you know, the foundation to your squad which have been really good for us for 10 years i I wouldn't want to be a new manager coming in and trying to find players and money you know i had a good connection with some of the businesses so we uh we had some support there but it's expensive gosh field rental is over 100 bucks a game and Mm -hmm. and the baseballs are gone through the roof now yeah I quit buying team bats because yeah. these guys all want their own anyway, so that saved me some money. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and whenever you need new uniforms, it gets a little costly sometimes. And caps are expensive. Caps are probably just as expensive as a uniform top yeah. nowadays. Yeah. But And guys want new stuff, you know. They want... For sure. They want to be cool. For so. sure. But I don't know. I, I know I'll miss the dugout stuff, but I will not miss... I, Walked out of that last meeting Sunday night up in in Mora, <laughs> thinking, "Thank goodness you've been at those some of those meetings." Oh gosh, it's tough to sit through. So, will the Bandits have a team next year? You think? Well, I'd say it's less than fifty fifty. Mm. Um, nobody stepped forward from Cambridge. I thought maybe a guy or two from Isani might step forward. Um, haven't heard from anybody. I don't know. What I'd do if they called anyway, yeah, here's the equipment, here's what I got left for uniforms, you know, go at it. Sure. Here's who you contact for facilities. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Brody. I mean, 
It's not my team. Yeah. I know. Maybe we you should. about it. Yeah. Brody yeah. would be, be outstanding. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would be outstanding. He'd keep that. If we can keep these, I got about five or six Andover guys. If we, we can keep those guys here, they'll bring more guys in. For sure. And they'll bring more. Yeah, for sure. I'll take care of the Andover guys. There you, there you go. There you go. It could be, be done. I'm telling you, it can be done. And we finally got a decent relationship with the high school program, so... Nice. Uh, they still didn't trust us with a key to the field, but <laughs> someday. <laughs> someday. Who's Is that tru- a precious who's gem that trust field me? over there? Yeah, yeah. I live a block <laughs> away, and I'm there. <laughs> You've only been there for how many years? <laughs> uh, it's it's an interesting community for baseball. But, yeah, I, Brody's got my vote. I'll, yeah. Um, I don't know, you know if I was there for 50 years. I don't think I'd make it into the Hall of Fame. Well, if you were there for 50 years, you probably would. Maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe. Um, you you are in the Hall of Fame. Walk us, tell us about that. Well, it's a nomination process where uh, they request a series of letters, the, the Amateur Baseball Association. They want letters of recommendation. Dennis Brennan from Hinckley, who's on the state board, is an old buddy of mine, actually since 76, um, I, I asked him how many letters you need. You know, I'm thinking a half a dozen or so. He said, well, a minimum of 40 would be nice. Whoa. So I said, okay. <laughs> so I sit down at the kitchen table, start making a list of all the guys I know. And I broke it down by, you know, guys I played with, guys I played against, managers, umpires, fans. Hmm. And uh, it actually wasn't that hard to come up with 40. Sure. But now you got to get them all to write a letter. Yeah, sure. So I, there's a three-sheet uh, summary of your career that you got to fill out for the state board. So I sent them that and added a sheet of what I consider to be my highlights and so on. And uh, and the letters start coming in. And mm. lo and behold, I got 40-some. 40, 40 mm. So I put them in a packet and separated it by these categories. You know, I had five umpires, and I had six man- current managers and, you know, eight former managers and, you know, a lot of guys I played with and against. And and I bound it and sent it off to three copies to the Hall of Fame committee. And uh, they call. One day I got home from work, and uh, my wife and my two of my boys were in the living room. I said, what's going on here? Something's up. And uh, they said... Uh, guess what? You made it into the Hall of Fame. And uh, they had called and wanted to talk to me, but I was at work, and um, of course they couldn't call at work, right? Sure. <laughs> sure. But, it, but anyway, but that, so I called him back, and the guy said, he, he said, well, he said, I first want to comment on the packet that you sent us. He said, that's the best packet we've ever got. Funny. Nobody's ever come close to that. You know, and sure. I really took my time on it. And these letters are priceless. I've got them all at home in a cool. scrapbook. It's just just some wonderful uh, letters. Cool. Uh, so now we want you to come to the banquet. Of course, we want you to give a speech. And I said, "How long do do I have?" And they said, five minutes." <laughs> I said, "You want me to cover sixty years of baseball in five minutes?" <laughs> well, yeah, we want to keep it moving. You know? Yeah. Well. I said, I'll try, but I spoke for 17 minutes. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds better. You know, you got a lot of people you want to thank yeah. and recognize yeah. and tell a story or two. And I had a, 
good number of bandit players there and uh, a couple former players and a lot of relatives there. It was a wonderful weekend, one of the best weekends of my life. And uh, they had an op open house before the ceremony and uh, a lot of old friends that I hadn't seen in a while. And then uh, they recommend that you rent a room. It's at the Kelly Inn in St. Cloud, which is where the Hall of Fame is. They said, we recommend you rent a room and then have a social afterwards where people can come up and, you know, hang out. So we did that. We rented a room, and they moved the beds out and had a bar in there. And there must have been 40 people that stopped by, cool. you know. And cool. I, my kids had put up old uniforms and newspaper articles and scrapbooks and stuff, so that was a mm. lot of fun. That was really a fabulous weekend, and mm. um, I wish my dad or mom could have seen it, but uh, cool. they weren't able to. So, mm, but it's a good. nice honor. It's a nice honor. What what year was that? Twenty seventeen. Seventeen. Super cool. How many people do they induct to the Hall of Fame? Is there like a usual like a yearly? Uh, that year there were six. Okay. Um, I think this year there might have been three, but. Uh, I, I saw once the speeches started rolling why they wanted to limit it to five minutes because there's one guy from Fergus, Harry Oily. He was 89 years old, <laughs> and he spoke for a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they asked for five minutes knowing they'll get 20 most yeah. of the time. And he told some fabulous stories, but huh. people were getting a little restless. Yeah, I and, bet. <laughs> but this guy pitched against uh, Satchel Page. Really? He pitched against uh, Babe Ruth. Really? Yeah, from wow. Fergus. He was a sweet, legendary pitcher. I've since tried to find some stuff on him and found a little bit, but hmm. he was big time boy hmm. in the twenties, thirties, huh. and eighty-nine years old. And not, I swear, it looked like he could still pitch. Really? It's, oh my lord! Because huh. I at the reception, I went up to one of the guys. He had a Fergus Falls jacket on. I said, are you Harry Oily? And this guy looked 70, you know. He said, no, that's my dad. Really? I'm his son. <laughs> I said, wow. Uh, but wow. they did a slideshow on each guy. You had to send in a bunch of pictures, and they'd show a slideshow of your career. And mm. So it was fun. It's, it's pretty well done. But it's an honor. If you haven't been there, it's the best-kept secret in Minnesota. It's free. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week mm -hmm. in the uh, St. Cloud Convention Center. And uh, it's quite a history of baseball in Minnesota, not just town ball, but hmm. a lot of stuff on Winfield, Molitor, Morris, Maurer now. Um, so it's fun. It, it was a lot of fun. I got to take my dad there about six months later and walk through it, and he was, he was in heaven. Hmm. You know, he recognized a lot of the old names hmm. and pictures and hmm. stuff. And cool. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. That was wonderful. There's, what, six of us now from the Eastern Mini, I think, in the Hall of Fame. Mm. Luther Dorr from Princeton, who sadly sure. just passed just away. Just passed and, away. Yeah. And three, three Brennans, maybe four. Four Brennans. And then Harold Eng from Bram. I don't know if you ever knew him, but mm -mm. he was a manager of Bram when I started in the late 70s. Uh, a real fireball, but I guess he was quite a ball player and quite a standout in the Eastern Mini for many, many years. So... Fun. Yeah. Tom, we appreciate you coming in. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it. Um, Thank uh, you. Obviously, congrats on an awesome career. and Happy we'll, retirement. Thank you. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> I don't think he'll really be retired. I'm sure he'll be catching a game most nights of the week. Yeah, but, I hope to. I hope yeah. to. 
yeah, we'll miss you on the in the uh, opponent's dugout, of course, and um, maybe you could just keep going to the meetings just for fun. Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that will not happen. Uh, but congratulations. It's, it's uh, super cool, and, and um, just love that you're such an advocate for, for baseball in Minnesota and, and around this area, and um, hopefully see you at, at a bunch of games, and, and uh, appreciate all you do. Thanks for having me. It was a lot so. of fun. Yep.